Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode lucky number 13. I know a lot of people say 13 is unlucky. Okay. I was born on the 13th. So. On a spooky Halloween weekend. Woo! Spooky, spooky! On Friday, but... Episode 13, season 2 of the Dirty Water Podcast. Billy's there, Schmidt's there, I'm Chris. We're doing our thing talking sports gambling, and I'm going to get into some, some conspiracy theories today about something momentarily. Um... We're going to hit right on the World Series coming out of the gate. Uh, not going to do the NBA today. We're going to let the season kind of marinate a little bit. I just want to give – I'll give a quick take on one thing. I'm basically going to retract the statement from last week that I made because uh, I realized the rule change is going to make things a lot different than I thought. Then we're going to go heavy, heavy, heavy football today. Uh, how's it going, boys? Not bad. I'm ready to get this World Series started. I fought, we fired Texas Tech's coach, so that's some good news on my end. Um, UVA football won. I'm excited. Steelers didn't lose because they had a bye week, so no complaints on my end. Um, we have a hell of a weekend of college football coming up. Today we're going to go through, obviously, World Series lines, college football, NFL Week 8. Um, before we do that, let me start with our recap. Quick quick round of applause for all of us this past weekend. No one was under 500. No nice. one was under 500. Nice. nice. Um, I was 4-2. Perfect in baseball, 1-0 in college. Didn't have the best NFL week, but 4-2 overall. Schmidt was even in baseball, even in college, and 3-1 and on his football picks. Chris was even in baseball, 2-1 and in college, and 4-0 and on his NFL picks. So Chris went 7-2. and We all had a wonderful week, more than a game above 500 for all of us. So plus money. Hope you guys were tailing. Uh, probably means we're going to mess up everything this week though quick quick add-on and this is not to be braggadocious but it does admit that the system works uh these fcs games don't come out till fridays i knocked out i went four and one for my college football fcs games on top of the two and one of the bcs bcs fbs fbs god this uh i hate all that soup what one a one double a i went four and one on one double a games that you guys didn't go i did post it saturday morning and whether you saw it or not i tagged these guys i had it up for a couple hours uh, the only one I lost was a Harvard-Princeton. Five-overtime game, controversial. We'll get into that because that has something to do with what I want to talk about later. So, yeah, if, if this, is our, this is our little uh, uh, podcast premium picks. In order to get Chris's premium picks that come out for FCS, you got to come into the bar and ask him yourself, even though we've kind of explained the system to you. Or already. follow us Saturday mornings. <laughs> on Saturday mornings or Friday nights, I will post them uh, while we're while college football is ongoing when I do these FCS games per the system. And it really does seem like um, – the theory is that home field advantage is kind of false in college sports uh, per the way Vegas does lines. That's why we do it this way. It is more false in FCS games where there are much smaller crowds, so it seems to do better at the FCS than the big games, uh, which has always been my finding over the years. Anyway, back to you, Billy. All right, so that's our little recap. Great week, everybody, all around here. Let's start with, before we get into college football and NFL, let's start with the MLB. We are approaching the World Series um, Chris, your Boston Red Sox, Dirty Waters, Boston Red Sox are not in it. Look, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put them to bed for the year. Um, I got to be quite honest. After it's all said and done, I mean, bravo to the Red Sox. This this year was so far above and beyond what we thought going in. Um, truth be told, I thought this was a 70-72 win team that did had no starting pitching, maybe an average at best bullpen. And like two or three hitters, because I didn't think J.D. Martinez had it anymore. Uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. J.D. had a great year. Vivaldi stepped up as an ace. Uh, the development of Hauk, Sale came back and mattered. Um, God, the Sox are heading in the right direction. They've got five starters all under contract for next year. They need to add to the bullpen. But Boston Red Sox uh, fans, we got a lot to look forward to because this thing's getting better, not worse. All right. I'm uh... – I'm a little surprised that you didn't have like a little, I can't believe we fucking blew it. I think you guys were up two games to one or something, right? The Astros are better. Pretty early. The Astros are better. Um, they, they hit, man. They can hit. So let, let's get into that. The Astros won the American League. The Braves surprisingly knocked off uh, what were who were the, the World Series odds-on favorites in the Dodgers. Um, so Astros, Braves, game one is tonight. Uh, I believe the Astros are going to be the home team for yeah. this series, right? So it will be in Houston for game one. Um, Astros on the money line. This is to win the series, not game one, but the series. Astros are minus 147. Braves are plus 125. So Vegas likes the Astros. Um, but not by a ton. Not by a ton. Um, 
before I give my picks, I think kind of the my objective view on it is that the Astros hitting has been as good as anyone except for or including the Red Sox during the, the, the hitting stretch that you guys had the last couple series. So um, as good of a lineup as, as you'll see from a offensive perspective, um, the Braves just found ways to get it done. I think their pitching staff really showed up against the Dodgers and held them in, in the, the games that they won. Which just is a shocking. Runs. Which is shocking. Because outside of Freed, they didn't really have much going in. I cannot believe how the Dodgers bats quieted in that series. And and the Braves, the Braves to me, give off this little like Cinderella team vibe, kind of like the Nats did, where every series people kind of counted them out. They they lost Acuna, and ever, as soon as he went down, people were like, "Look, this this team can't get it done." And they found ways to get it done. So. Fun, fun, quick stat on the stat or just a fact, I guess. Fun fact: the Braves didn't get over five hundred this year until August fifth. The entire season, they were under five hundred or at five hundred. Yeah, until the, August. The 5th, Mets were leading that division for a while. Crazy, and they're in the World um, Series. Ended up pulling it out, and it really, really does it. it Gives me the same vibes as again. I'm a biased Nats fan, but the Nats run. They were, I think, 19 and 31 at some point, and then yeah, turned around, and won the World yeah, Series. It's not so, so, it's, it's not so dissimilar. It, it's a little bit of Cinderella vibes. Um, before I give my picks, Schmidto, we'll start with you. Thoughts on you know what are you are you going with the hitters or are you going yeah. with the Cinderella team? Yeah, I think Houston has a clear lineup advantage offensively, um, but I think Atlanta has a the pitching advantage, they're starting Morton tonight, and they come back in Game 2 with Freed, which sets up for Freed to come back at the end of the series, um, kind of what we saw with Strasburg a couple of years ago. Um, I'm siding with the pitching and the plus money. I think there's a little bit of value on Atlanta. Atlanta will need more hitting from, you know, beyond their top four hitters like Rosario, Freeman, and Peterson. Um, they've been great with OPS of 909, or be- each of them a 909 OPS or better this October, um, but the rest of the lineup has been, been incredibly inconsistent. So um, they're going to need some help from you know Ozzy and company. We'll see if they can get it. All right, so you're taking the Braves, Chris. You have any thoughts? You just you don't give a shit now that the Red Sox are out. Where I mean, I'll, I'll watch. I'm a baseball fan. I love the game, so I'll certainly watch. Um, I, I got to say, I'm pulling for the Braves. One, we're the UGA bar, so you know, go dogs, go Braves. Why not? Uh, I fucking hate the Astros. Um, with that said, I, I'm going to say Astros in five. Uh, and, and I know you're going to get into this in a second, uh, some odds on specific odds to four, five, six, seven. And, and I'll probably put some money on Astros in four, Astros in five to see how that plays out uh, versus just taking them straight money line. I don't think the series is going long. The Astros bats are alive. It, it took them a minute, but they're alive. And when they're alive, they're so dangerous. Even this good Braves pitching isn't that good. It just got hot for a minute. Um, I would expect to see a lot of overs in the series, much like the Astros-Red Sox series was like over, 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 over until the end, which was uh, Smithers now towards the end there, that it would finally go under. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be a lot of runs. This is not going to be a typical 2-1 World Series. This isn't going to be like the Giants-Dodgers game, or I'm mm-hmm. part of the Giants-Dodgers series. This is going to be offense. The Astros have the best offense in baseball. Yeah, so I'm I'm leaning towards Astros here too. Um, I will, you know, for the podcast pick, I will take them just straight up at minus one forty seven. But I, I do agree with Matt's take that you know the Braves pitching early on is is pretty stout um, and could stifle the Astros hitters. So I'm going to really look to kind of hope the Astros go down either zero one in the first game or even if if they tie it up one one going into game three. See if I can get a little better odds on, you know, if they if they drop a home game early, sure. see if I can get them better than that. I do agree they're going to pull this out because of the bats in the long run. I think you're much more likely to have, you know, w- one guy in a nine-man rotation can slip up on a, and have a bad batting day, and it won't matter that much because you've got eight, eight other guys that can hit. If one pitcher fucks up, you know, that could be the game, right? What, serious, one bad pitch. So... I trust the bats to bring it out. I'll go on the record with minus 147 here, but I'm going to be looking for, you know, if the first game or two the Astros drop one, I'm going to grab them at better odds there. Um, let's go to, pardon our little windy out background. There. We got wind. If you can hear this on the recording, we got some some things blowing against the glass here. Um, storms are brewing, and that storm might be the Houston Astros bats. Next odds are when the series will end. So you can you can pick this on exact results, which I don't have odds for, but you can pick 
Astros exactly in five. You can pick Astros exactly in six or Braves in six, whatever. The odds I'll give you guys here are just for when the series will end regardless of who wins. So if any one team sweeps any of the other team, it's plus 650. If it ends in five, regardless of who wins, plus 260. And then six or seven are even at plus 190. Um, Chris, do you have thoughts? I mean, I know you said Astros in five. Yeah, I'm going to Astros four and five. I'm going to bet four, four, four or five. five. I'm going to take both okay. and see if I can get some money on that. And then hedge if I have to down the line. Um, Schmidt, I, I think thoughts? we're going to see both teams win some games. I think we see um, six or seven, which obviously is the predictable. That's, that's not a bold take. But um, I like Atlanta in six games um, to win 4-2. That's like plus 500-ish. Um, also, I think some interesting stuff is betting on MVP. Just a couple of notes. Yeah. Only two pitchers have won in World Series MVP since 2009. Only one relief pitcher has won. Um, actually, no relief pitcher has won since Mariano Rivera, Rivera in 1999. Um, so kind of keep that in mind. Um, Before we get into that, I'll go on record. I'm going series is ending in seven. I'm, I'm doing a uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory here that these are neither of the two teams uh, from the, the championship series that the MLB wanted to win. Uh, they've got to do something to boost ratings. I think sending this to a seven-game series will help them do that. I don't know how under my tinfoil hat they're going to cheat and make it go seven, but I think it, they will make it go seven for viewing, so I'm going to take plus 190 on seven games. Go ahead, MVP. No, no, you're good. I was just adding those notes, kind of stay away from starting pitchers, um, especially now with how these rotations work. And, you know, they kind of like I, – I don't think we saw an Astros starter go more than three innings last series. Um so go with the bats. Um, I like a couple of guys like Freddie Freeman or a long shot like Ozzy Albies. Um, he is twenty to one. He's been terrible all play all October, but I'm hoping for some regression to the mean. Cool. Yeah. So I'm 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 with you on go with bats over over pitching and Vegas is as well. So these are the top. Uh, six odds on favorites. The, the, it's a it's a big bunch. So even after this this last person that I'll name, it's only you know people are, are right behind that in odds too. So it's really Vegas thinks it could go anyway. Um, so top odds is eight to one for Alvarez, nine to one for Freeman, and then four people are tied at ten to one: Bregman, Altuve, Rosario, and Brantley. Um, and then right behind that, I think there's a couple guys at eleven to one and twelve to one too. So really, it seems like an open field. There's no clear favorite. Um, with my take of, of the Astros and the bats winning it for the Astros, I am leaning towards taking Bregman and Altuve, kind of face the franchise. I think if they if Altuve has the same stats as a guy like Brantley, they're more likely to give it to Altuve because he's Altuve. Um, so I, I think for two guys like that that are same odds, I'm going to take you know the two the two guys that have been with the Astros for the longer. Going with Bregman and Altuve, but both at plus one thousand. I swear, aside from like Poppy with the Sox during the early two thousands, it's never the guy. There's always a guy you don't think of. Um, I'm going to stay away from betting on an MVP until I see games one and two. There's always an emerging. Oh, I didn't see that coming. The Howie Kendricks of the world that that mm -hmm. do these sort of things in the World Series. I go back to like you guys don't even know, like nineteen eighty eight Mickey Hatcher. I mean, this is it's kind of what happens in the World Series. Where I think we're all in lockstep that there's not going to be a pitcher here. Um, Schmidt makes the point: Astro starters only go three innings. Right now, it seems like that is the move in baseball, especially in the postseason, to pull these pitchers as early as possible. So that completely negates their opportunity to win an MVP. So it's going to be a bat. I'm going to stay away from the stars. It could be a star, but it's not necessarily a star. It's not necessarily a Freddie Freeman or an Altuve, because it just seems like in the World Series, there's always that guy that comes out of nowhere and has a hot series, gets like, you know, 12 hits in six games, maybe two home runs or a couple couple doubles or whatever, and boom, that's the MVP. So I'm going to stay away from it and wait to see who goes three for four in game one, and maybe that's going to be the guy. All right. Any other baseball thoughts before we get into some college foosball? No, because I'm ready to talk about some college football and some other things. So if I may uh, take the floor for a minute, guys. What's so, yours? So – I had a eureka moment this morning in the shower. Um, 
this Penn State-Illinois game that went 10,000 overtimes, went nine overtimes. Mm-hmm. The final score of what, 18-16 or was it 20-18? Illinois. Harvard-Princeton quietly had five overtimes and had an 18-16 final. So it's like, there's this big rule change in college football this year where after the second overtime, it becomes a soccer shootout. One play, which is not football. Okay. So from a fundamental standpoint, we can bitch and moan this is not football, much like throwing a second player on second base is not baseball uh, all season long. In, in, in yeah, extra innings. People, people hate change. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. The NFL went weird when they went to a two-point conversion some years back. You guys probably all grew up with that, but I remember when there was no two-point conversion in the NFL. I remember when college football had ties, and then all of a sudden they created this overtime with the ball at the 25-yard line. Television didn't have color. Right. All, all these things. <laughs> and that's fine. Evolution of sport, we got it. Yeah. Um, but this two-point thing has kind of got me really thinking a little bit deeper. After the second overtime, which isn't that many overtimes, and we're not talking about NFL overtime where the ball's kicked off their special teams and kick coverage and guys going full speed. It's the ball spotted where, at most, you can get two first downs before a score. Yeah. Not, not a lot. But fair. I have no problem with it. Personally, I'd probably – Start at the 35, not the 25, because if you if you don't move the ball at all, you got to take a very long, difficult field goal. Fine, we can argue that back and forth. Doesn't matter. They put this rule in years back where they wanted to take ties away from college football, to spot the ball to 25, give each team an opportunity to score, and then after the third overtime, you had to go for two and couldn't kick field goals anymore because eventually we got to have a result. Fine. Right. So we were getting these crazy high-scoring games in college football that would go to overtime. These 70 to 63 type scores mm-hmm. because these games might advance to a third, fourth, fifth overtime and, you know, both teams would score. And like that's Texas, what was happening. Texas Tech was in there. I think yeah. Virginia Tech, UNC had a game like that too. Over yeah. the last decade, there's been a Deal. bunch of games yeah. like that. Yep. And although it looks kind of funny, so what? Doesn't really matter. Except... There's one entity in sports it does matter to, and that's Vegas. And I say this as a host of sports gambling at my own bar. Mm-hmm. Vegas cares about this. So it's funny, Saturday, and I didn't think about it in a controversial manner. It just kind of dawned upon me, this Illinois-Penn State game that, that finished 2018. I'm like, ha, huh, that's so funny. It went nine overtimes yet, and I, don't remember, I didn't know what the over-under was. I said, but I bet that went under. Because it was a total of 38 points. I, I bet that went under. I bet it did for go sure, under. For sure. It, it did. had to yes, go under. It did. I haven't seen an over-under that was at least the 40s or 50s of college football in several years. Yeah. So it had to go under. Harvard-Princeton, total of 34 points after five overtimes. Went under. Kind of had a eureka moment this morning, guys. Why did they change the rule? They changed it because high, super high score games were kind of funny looking. Oh my God, a football game shouldn't be 70-63 because it went six overtimes in a Baylor-Texas Tech game. I mean, who cares if it was high score? Agreed. Vegas cares. Vegas cares. And now it's, I'm kind of realizing how much power does Vegas have over college football? Amateur college football, which we finally just put an NLI in so guys can make a little bit of money on the side. Um... But an amateur sport, which, let's go back in time, guys, and this is way before even my time, they shut down a lot of college basketball in the 1950s because of gambling. They didn't play a college game in Madison Square Garden in New York City for 30 years because of sports gambling. Now... Some point shaving, some paint off the refs. And now sports gambling is making the rules of college football because there is no other logical reason that college football, after a second overtime, turned into a soccer shootout where it's one play from the five for two points, except over-under. There's no other logical reason except the over-under maintaining the integrity of a possibility of an under because nothing else makes sense about this rule change. Floor is yours, guys. So I I am going to... Say this as a devil's advocate. I don't necessarily think that that you're wrong. I'm not naive enough to to think that there's not enough money that exchanges hands because of sports gambling for Vegas to intervene and 
get their hands into the the very above board NCAA's pockets, right? They do everything right. Uh, no, they're absolutely able to be bought, and that that certainly could be a, a thing. They're, now, remember, the NCAA doesn't run one A football. They are not in charge of one A football. It's the one thing they're not in charge of. They're in charge of recruiting. They're in charge of eligibility, but they are not in charge of the competition. That is the bowl committee. Bowl okay. committee makes the rules. I, yeah, I think those guys could be just as corrupt on the bowl committee. But so. it is a different entity, just yeah. no, notable. Right. Um, so, so my thought is there is a legitimate argument to be made, um, thinking about how football is moving towards player safety, doing this one point or two point conversion, one single play can reduce the amount of plays by maybe an eighth if you take up a whole drive, do two first downs, and then get the touchdown in the previous version. Um, it, it reduces the amount of plays. It likely leads to a quicker resolution, which may factor into like TV times and like bleeding over into showing other games. Um, so I, I think there are other explanations. Do I think any of those explanations outweigh the money that could exchange hands because of, of Vegas? Mm, that remains to be seen for me. But I, I think to say that there's no other explanation might be a little dramatic. I, I have two other – I want to I want to rebut two of your statements, and we got to give Schmidt on the floor here. One statement you made is about player safety. This isn't replacing a kickoff drive situation. The ball spotted at the 25 going into the red zone, which the high majority of collision plays on kickoffs is what even the NFL is – fooled around with a few years ago about eliminating. That's why now in the NFL, you don't even have to catch the ball in the end zone or take a touchback. You can just put your hand up like you would in a punt and the ball spot at the 25. The, the fact that it's a two, a two first down drive at most doesn't feel super player safety. That's what they're going to sell you on. That's what they're going to say. But I'm not buying that. The second thing... Um, God, I already forgot what the second thing was. I got so caught up on the first thing. I already forgot. Um, I, had, I had a really t- good point. TV too. schedules. TV and, and, schedules. And thank you. Quicker. TV schedules. What would the what would the networks rather show you? The first quarter of the next game or overtime of the previous game? I'm willing to bet that there is a much higher TV rating on the end of a very tight first game than the start of a very of the next game, so that that I'm rebutting that. Uh, Pro- that prob- probably right. Um, there's sometimes though when like you get a I don't know like a, a Harvard whatever, and the the TV channel wants to show a bigger name team with a bigger name audience. And at the end of the day, if Harvard and Princeton go to OT, there's not going to be that many people that care about that, even versus two mediocre FBS teams. Fair enough. Schmidt, sorry. We, we, we yeah, kinda... No, you are good. I mean, the motivation was the LSU A&M game from 2018. I think they had like 200 plays that game. Since then, they've been trying to shorten the overtimes. And I just simply don't think there's enough overtime games every, weekly to like even make Vegas worry about that. In this case, Finn State, Illinois, I wouldn't be surprised if there was more money on the under of that game anyway. Um, there were two overtime games last week. I don't know how many overtime games there are throughout the season, but then if you reach the third overtime, you're probably going over anyway because, like, that's an extra. You're probably scoring two touchdowns. But, but they didn't. But they did. Well, I know, but because they, it's a two-point play, that's the point. No, and the, the two-point play two, starts the first two in overtimes. overtime three, right? It's it's likely that each team will get probably a touchdown. Eh, but look, it could be one of those field goal games. It could be. Could be, but I'm like they aren't. They aren't worried about the Illinois-Penn State game. They, I mean, there's just not enough overtime games in a season for them to worry about this. And if, again, if, if they get the third overtime, I'd say more often than not, it's going over already. Ooh, okay. One more thing that just hit me. Okay. Counterpoint to, to why Vegas wouldn't – well – I guess this doesn't matter either. You're going live betting? I was going live betting. Wouldn't Vegas get more live betting the longer that overtime goes on? But then again, that doesn't necessarily have live bet either way on that. Exactly. That doesn't have a difference of whether you do the two points versus a a full drive. It seems very fishy to me Hmm. that they – if they had moved it to four plays from the 10-yard line, I wouldn't have an issue. The fact that they moved this – not only to one play, but one two-point play. So let's say it was a six-point play. I wouldn't believe – I'd be fine with that. The fact that they moved it to a two-point play tells you they're trying to control the scoring. Why? Why are you trying to control the number? You want to control the number of plays? You can do that. 
haha, a number of ways. Right. The fact that they're actually can try and attempting to control the scoring number is, to me, what makes it awfully fishy. And it's going to lead to my next thinking. Baseball, during the 56-game COVID season, had some rules because they wanted to get the guys' games done quicker. They stuck a runner on second base when you went to extra innings. Um, that was fine then. Understood it then. Sounded good. They did it again this year. During a full 162-game season. Now, you can sit here and like the rule or not like the rule. That's that's not material. Mm-hmm. Why? And I would because one thing about baseball, baseball is completely run by analytics now, one thousand percent. There's been so much discussion on how general managers and scouting staffs now have far more power with a twenty-five man roster than does the manager himself because that's where all the decisions are made. All the decisions are made by analytics, not by old school. Managers with a feel for the game. That's just right. not how it is anymore. That's how guys get jobs. They have to embrace the analytics. We work with the general manager and his scouting staff. Okay. So I think it's fair to say everything in baseball, more than any other sport, is completely analytics driven. I would love to know the analytics behind how betting is factored into putting that runner on second base over the course of 162 games. Because I would not be shocked to know that Vegas had some kind of little influence on that rule being in place for this year and beyond. I don't know that. College football is much more obvious to me. Baseball, it's subtle, but it doesn't mean it's not there. And brings me to my final point. If sports are going to embrace gambling, which clearly they have the last two years. I mean, there are commercials on TV almost everywhere. I live in Virginia. Obviously, I have gambling here at Dirty Water. Um... When I watch a game in my house, Caesars and, and, and MGM, I mean, it's on TV constantly, which is fine. I have no problem with it. Yeah. I'm not, clearly, I don't have a problem with it. I do it. I bet and I, I host betting. I have no problem with it. But? But, but if we're going to go down that road where we are completely open to gambling and as far as to say that gambling, the, the industry of gambling, might have a little influence over the rules of the game, then Pete Rose needs to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's where I go to. Not just Pete Rose. The 1980 Black Sox. All the shit from New York City in the 1950s with LIU and CCNY. 1978 Providence. All of these old head that you guys are too young to know about that you only see on 30 for 30s on ESPN, maybe if you watch those. But I I grew up watching Pete Rose. Mm -hmm. And... He bet on baseball, and he took a lifetime, lifetime ban for betting on baseball. And I think it's time, that was what, 30 years ago? I think it's time to let the hit leader, the all-time hit leader, back in the sport. And I guess my whole point is, if we're going to embrace gambling as part of fabric of of the sports world now in the United States, of all major sports, which clearly we have, that's fine, I support it, I'm a part of it. All those guys from back in the day that were part of the sports world that are kicked out and blocked and blacklisted and canceled, to use yeah. a, a 2021 term, yep. from their given sport, so I'm let them back in. That's I, where I'm at. I couldn't agree more on, on Pete Rose. I think you know there has not been any evidence of him actually intentionally like throwing games or doing anything Never. to actually impact the outcome of the game. And that's kind of where, for me, I morally start to draw the line, where it's like, Okay, it's one thing, if you're just betting on games, like even if it's games that you're involved and it doesn't have an impact on the way that you, you know, if if you're betting on your team to win, like he is trying to fucking win the game, obviously, anyways, he's playing in it or he's managing it, whatever it is. Um, So I I totally agree on Pete Rose. Some of the stuff where there's full on like money exchanged for people, some of the stuff that might have gone on, you know. 50s, 60s, 70s in New York. But it's affecting the rule. If it's affecting the rules of the sport now, clearly money's exchanging hands now by the rule makers. So fuck it. By the rule makers before it happens. It's not on a game by game basis that impacts the outcome. It's it's on a it's on a macro level that impacts all the teams. So to me, that's it's a little different. I do totally agree though that we you know there's got to be a little forgiveness on somebody like Pete Rose um, and some of those situations. I do think there's some gray area where I'm not ready to say blanket anybody that's been affected by gambling in a negative way from, from any sport should be pardoned. 
look at it circumstance by circumstance. Looking at the Pete Rose, which is the circumstance that people know about, uh, yeah, that, that guy's been blackballed for way too long. It's really sad. He's doing just, like, paid signings. Just That's to all try he's to doing for years. Yeah, um, the dude was, was so good for the sport and I don't think did anything that we know of that's that's morally that bad that deserves this kind of punishment. So I'm with you. Um, I don't really have a strong take. Um, just to play devil's advocate, I think it might be worth, like, having a precedent where whether you bet on your team or not, if you're betting on the sport that you're involved in, you set the precedent that you are not going to be have a chance at the Hall of Fame. you got to, like, make that clear. You can't go on a case-by-case basis, especially with sports betting becoming more popular, you know, around the country. Um, there's going to be temptations for athletes even more often, um, and maybe we just need to say, if you get caught doing that, you're out. I don't – that's a devil – me being a devil's advocate, I don't have a strong team. I'm going to throw this question at you. The fact that you can bet on sports on your phone in most states now, do you think pro athletes aren't betting on their sport? I mean, they might be, and if they get caught, it, they should be out. I mean, it's, it's not worth the risk for them to it's, it's happening. Some are. It's happening. But not everyone. I mean, but enough. Enough to where clearly we've gotten there. We're, we've gone down the road. The road has been had. Or, or like, it, it's kind of the same idea with stocks and, like, insider trading, where, like, even if the person doesn't do it themselves, like, if if LeBron, well, like, LeBron has so much money, it doesn't fucking matter, but imagine a, a you know, two-way player on the Kings that finds out early that their star player on the Kings isn't going to be available for the game, he could absolutely, and might need the money, because he's a two-way player, go text his buddy and say, hey, you know, uh... De'Aaron Fox is out this game. It's not announced yet. Grab the line four changes. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so, and if we think that's not happening, we're out of our minds. I think it's it so is. Easy. Yeah, of course it's it happening. It's not a perfect system, but like you have to like try to prevent that some way through integrity and through you know precedence. Like you aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame. Gambling's running the world, baby. That's why we do this show because gambling's running the sports world. world. Or this show wouldn't we wouldn't do this. We wouldn't do it in the format in which we do. All right. Speaking of gambling, let's, let's get, get to those, those picks, yeah. college football lines. We'll see if any of these go to their little two point bullshit overtime system. Um, Chris, why don't you start first? Your system picks. You don't have to justify them all separately because it's all the same reason, right? I've got five picks today. They are all road team plus two and a half. We're going to take them on the money line. I got the Texas Longhorns at Baylor on the money line. Whoever's next, go. So um, I'm actually backing you on Texas against Baylor. B. John Robinson, start giving the ball in the second half. God damn it. <laughs> he loves him for the Heisman. Yeah, something tells me you've got a little money on him for uh, for Heisman's while you're so amped yeah. up about that. I'm gonna, so my typical system, not changing as normal, I'm going to pick the top 25 matchup games. We've got, got three this week. I am... Uh, Creating a little theme here this week. I'm taking all the dogs. Uh, the first one we'll talk about is Michigan at Michigan State. Huge rivalry game for Pretty them. Good. Obviously, yeah, this is not just a top 25 matchup. It's a top 10 matchup. It's top 8 matchup, 6 and 8. Um, Michigan State at home in East Lansing is a 4.5-point dog. Um, this is the best Michigan State team we've seen in quite some time. I would also argue this is probably the best Michigan State up to this point in the season we've seen in five years. I absolutely believe Michigan will find a way to fuck up and lose to Ohio State like they always do. Um, This game, I'm going to take Michigan State. Um, I'm not saying that Michigan is going to lose this game to Michigan State, but four and a half to me at home. These two teams are about as evenly matched as I can see. Both of them are, are great running teams. Michigan State has two, I think, top 25 rushers in the country. Michigan has, I'm sorry, Michigan has two top 20 or top 25 rushers. Michigan State has the top rusher yardage-wise. Um, so both of these teams love to run the ball. Running the ball games are, in my opinion, less likely to be blowouts. Both these teams have solid defenses. I'm, I, I just think this is going to be so close, I was going to take whoever the dog is here. So Michigan State plus four and a half. My turn. Yeah. Ole Miss plus two and a half at Auburn. Go. Okay, Texas Tech. Plus 20 at OU. The spread was 17. We fired our coach. The spread moved to 20. We fired our coach for a reason. That's way too much movement there. Also, take the under. We are playing 
a quarterback that runs the ball a lot. We're, we're swapping quarterbacks throughout our possessions. The last two games have gone under. This total is at 68.5. Take the under again. All right, so I'm picking that Ole Miss game as well with Chris, and I'm also picking Ole Miss. I teased that I was going to take the dogs, and his whole system's about dogs, so I'm riding that as well. Um, they're a better team. They have a uh, top three Heisman candidate at Matt, Matt Corral, who's continued to look good. Um, I think their only loss this season was against that against Alabama. Um, I don't see how they lose to Auburn, who, t in my eyes, has struggled a little bit more this season than Old Miss has. Um, home field advantage to me doesn't matter at Auburn here. It's not like it's a rivalry game. It's not like it's a throw the record books out because it's the Iron Bowl versus Alabama. To me, Old Miss comes in here, beats Auburn, not by a couple points, by a touchdown. And I said plus two and a half because that's the line. I'm taking Ole Miss on the money line per the system. Yeah. Next pick for my, for me, North Texas is a plus two and a half underdog. I'm taking them on the money line at Rice. Next one for me is SMU is a pick'em at Houston. I'm taking SMU. SMU is the number 19 team in the nation, um, undefeated. Houston's lost one game. That was to Texas Tech. That is not a good sign. They lost by 17 points to us. They aren't as good as um, the odds makers are saying right now. Uh, my last pick, last top 25, uh, top 20 game still actually, is Penn State at Ohio State. Conference game, Ohio State at home is an 18.5 point favorite. <laughs> Ohio State is not Georgia. They have been blowing teams out recently, but they haven't blown any good teams out recently. Uh, I think Penn State is a good team. Not a great team, but a good team. Um, they, have, they have played quite a few people tight. I think Penn State's not getting any respect because they just lost to Illinois in that little double triple, quadruple, nine, nine, nine times, overtimes. Um, Penn State's put up good defensive performances against good teams like Iowa, where they almost beat them despite an injury. Um, I, I think Penn State can keep this close. I don't think it's going to be a touchdown game, but I think it's going to be like 10 points. 18.5 seems very aggressive to me. I'm taking Penn State plus 18.5 at Ohio State. Wyoming is a 2.5-point dog at San Jose State. We will take Wyoming on the money line. I'm done. All right, I got one more. Billy's game. So, a couple last week, uh, Schmidt and I went at each other with me betting against Texas Tech and him betting against Tulane, which is probably smart every week. Uh, but I'm with my man Billy this week. I've got the Cavs of the University of Virginia, Go Hoos. Go Hoos. They are plus two and a half at BYU. We're going to take them on the money line. Uh, so, that fun little storyline about this game, frankly, uh, I'm not going the on. Bronco record. Bowl, huh? It's the Bronco Bowl. So, our, our coach, Bronco Mendenhall, has been at UVA for five years now, was at BYU for 11 before that. So, two teams he cares about quite a lot, still knows many people at the organization in BYU. It's going to be an emotional homecoming. It's late night, spooky Halloween one. It starts at like 10 15. It's a Mormon Eastern. Halloween. It's a Mormon, Mormon Halloween. Halloween. They won't be doing too much drinking, but I sure as shit will. Um, it, it, yeah, it should be a good game. We score a shit, a shit ton of points. Um, our quarterback leads the nation in yards, offensive yards. Um, sleeper Heisman pick, I think he's like 20 to 1 right now. Um, but yeah, UVA scores a shit ton of points. I, I just, I don't know. I personally, I don't feel great about it. I might do a little emotional hedge on the side, um, but fits into your system. Three more games to keep. I'm keeping an eye on, and I haven't even looked at the FCS stuff yet because it hasn't come out yet. Today is Tuesday. Three pick'em games. Pick'em doesn't fall under my my number because I'm paying minus to pick the road team in this case. I only pick games where I can bet plus 100. It usually ranges from plus 100 to about plus 120, which means I'm I'm getting paid equal or better money than I'm betting. So the three pick'em games right now, as of Gambit, Rutgers at Illinois, Fresno State at San Diego State, and Schmidt's pick SMU on road at Houston. So I'm going to keep an eye on those games. And if the line moves in the favor of the home team, then I'm going to bet on the money line on the road team to win outright. So somebody keep an eye on that. I've got all my FCS picks. I will post them. <coughs> Excuse me. So 3.30 Saturday is the world's greatest outdoor cocktail party. We've got a rooftop and a patio here. So we'll have our own little cocktail party going. It is the Dogs of UJ, the number one, three weeks in a row now, the number one Dogs against their rival Florida Gators. Uh, this is uh, an unranked Florida team for the first time in a while in this matchup. Uh, the Dogs have dominated the series. This is not a pick. 
I'm just talking about what we're going to be doing here. We'll have the dogs on. We're very, very, very excited about this game. Um, to be honest, the dogs' schedule kind of after this really, and I guess starting with this too, it's really pretty easy going the rest of the way. They just can't slip up. JT is back this week at quarterback. They're going to play both quarterbacks from what uh, what was announced uh, yesterday. Um, so JT Daniels will go. I don't know who's going to start, but they're both going to play supposedly. Um, we open at 11 a.m., guys, on college football Saturday, so you can hit those gambit machines. We'll start bar service at noon. We do the $40 all-day open bar. Feel free to dress freaky. It's Halloween weekend, so do it up. Uh, we're pretty excited about that. And uh, when I when we conclude the show, I'll tell you what we're going to do uh, Friday night as well for Halloween. So with that, are we ready to move on to some NFL? Let's do it. All right, guys. <clears throat> God, I don't know what I'm doing with my voice today. So an interesting NFL week in that the – you know, typically the Thursday night game is kind of a whatever game. It's just something to put on TV on Thursday night, and then it gets better to Sunday night, Monday night, 4 o'clock games on Sunday afternoon. Uh, but I'm saying the game of the week is the Thursday game, so we're going to start with that one. The Green Bay Packers with possible COVID issues. So Adams is already out for them. This line is jumping all over the place, so keep in mind of that because I believe it jumped three points within the last 48 hours. Yep. I've got it as of Gambit. We, I pulled these lines up right before we started the show, so it could have changed in the last 40 minutes. Um, I've got the Arizona Cardinals at home, five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. I'm staying away from this. I'm really scared without Devontae. I've never seen a line move um, based on a receiver being inactive like that, but just shows how great Devontae Adams really is. Um. I feel like this line movement doesn't give Aaron Rodgers enough credit. Adams matters. I want to see how much. All right, Sunday. The Philadelphia Eagles are three-and-a-half-point favorites at the winless Detroit Lions. Can um, the Falcons continue to uh, – who's the tight end? My mind just Not Falcons, Eagles, Eagles, oh, Eagles. Oh, Eagles. Different yeah, bird, different bird. Okay, you go. I'm, I'm <laughs> Eagles lines, Eagles um, lines. Uh yeah, this one, I think this is going to be a good game. It's two like mediocre teams, but I think it should be a tight one. Uh, my gut's telling me the Lions are going to keep fighting, even though they're losing. They, they keep things close, usually. Is it, there's very rarely a winless team in the NFL. Is this the Lions' week to break through? The Cincinnati Bengals coming up as big a win all year as you can have on the road at Baltimore, a nine-and-a-half point favorite at the Jets. Josh, I cannot believe this line is not double digits. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I think I think Bengals made a huge statement win and, and showed that they're the best Bengals team that we have seen in quite some time. Uh, will they keep the momentum going? Question of the week. Who will start for the Jets, Mike White or Joe Flacco? Flacco. The Dolphins are 13.5-point dogs at the rival Buffalo Bills. Dolphins lost a close one last week, but two has looked really good in the last two weeks. Um can he get them their second win? It's not about who's going to win. It's about how much the Bills are going to win by. How good are the Bills? They, they, they are elite. Uh, the Niners, three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Chicago Bears. So 40, 49ers dropped one last week. Um, Lance, I think, is going to be active. Are we going to see him over Garoppolo? Yeah, it, it's all about injuries here. Garoppolo... Uh, got dinged up again. I think they said he's going to play. Um, but, frankly, the Bears scored three points last week. So even even if they have to start whoever their third-string quarterback is, it might still be a good game. Uh, I'm with Schmidt. Who's going to play quarterback for the Niners? Uh, will it be both guys? I have a feeling it will be. Uh, the Panthers, two and a half point dogs at the all-of-a-sudden-hot Atlanta Falcons. Well, we see another massive game from Kyle Pitts. He had seven receptions, 163 yards last week. Um, for me, it's not about the Falcons. It's about the Panthers. We have seen two Jekyll and Hyde Sam Darnolds this season, the first three games versus the last three or four games. I, which one is going to show up here? i, I got to be honest. I have absolutely no feel for this game whatsoever. Both teams are kind of weird. I, don't think the, I think they're both kind of bad. But they're equally bad, so I have no idea what to think. Atlanta has a terrible home field advantage. Nobody cares in Atlanta about these Falcons games. What was the uh, what's the line you got? On two and a half. Two Atlanta by right. two and a half at home. Got it. Uh, the Rams, fourteen and a half point favorites at the Houston Texans. The Rams didn't cover their a massive spread last week against the Lions. The Texans failed to cover a spread, a massive spread against the Cardinals. Um, Will the Rams kind of bounce back after somewhat disappointing performance against Detroit? Um, despite the performance being 
less than ideal for the Rams last week. They still ended up winning by nine. I think that they handle business here versus the Texans, who have no life. Yeah, I mean, can the Texans? What 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 can they put on the board? I mean, they scored five points this past week. Can they can they generate any offense? The Rams are going to score some points. Uh, what might be the best game of Sunday? Tennessee Titans at the now oh finally awakened Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, or pardon me, the Titans are one and a half point favorites at the Colts. Um, I'm excited to see just Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor go head to head. Winner of this game will win the division. Mark my words. Yeah, I, I, all year long, you know, we, we we talked about most teams in the NFL. Most teams are towards that middle nine and eight, eight and nine, ten and seven, seven and ten. Um, we had teams like Carolina and uh, Denver started 3-0. and I'm like, they're going to lose. They're not that good. They're an average team. The Colts came out of the gate 1-3, and the opposite effect. I'm like, this team's better than that. I know they're going to start winning games. They're finally starting to win some games. They're up to 3-4 now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Colts can keep it going. That is a good offensive line, a great running game. Uh, and Wentz isn't bad. Wentz is actually playing pretty well for them. Uh, the Titans, though, coming off back-to-back monster wins. Uh, killing the Chiefs this past week and beating the Bills uh, in a shootout the week before. So this is really, really an intriguing game. I, I have no idea. Who, I, I'm going to watch this strictly for entertainment purposes. I have no pick on this game. Um, next one, Steelers-Browns, big rivalry game. The Browns, rare to say, in uh, over the last 30 years, Browns are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the rival Steelers. So I hate to do this again to you, Billy, but I think it's going to come down to whether it's Ben Roethlisberger or Case Keenum, who's the better quarterback? Wow! Steelers, Steelers are coming off a of bye week. We're going to eat that fucking offensive line, which is injured, and running backs, which are injured, and whole offense of Browns that are injured. We're going to eat them alive. Steelers should not be three-point dogs. They should not be dogs at all. Steelers will win this game. The Steelers had a lot of injuries the first several weeks. Seems like they're getting healthy. The Browns are in injury mode right now. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, am I reading this right, are only three-and-a-half-point dogs at Seattle? Am I reading that right? Did I write something down wrong? Yeah. Geno Smith, he covered the spread last night. Can he do it again? Um, yeah, I, I Geno Smith is broken. The Jags are more broken. Um, <laughs> we we just got to figure out what happened there. I, I feel like this is just a roster thing. That the, I understand Geno's not great. He's also not terrible. I'm, I'm a little shocked at three and a half points at home in Seattle, which has like the home field advantage of them all. Last night was a typhoon, so we're going to not count that as a lack of a home field advantage. We know how crazy they give that 12th man there. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Our New England Patriots coming off of a monster win against a pathetic Jet team that basically just let them run screen passes all day for 300 yards or the passing. The Pats are five-and-a-half-point dogs at the L.A. Chargers. Interesting game. Yeah, I'm excited to see Belichick um, try to, you know, fend off Justin Herbert. If I remember correctly, I think the Patriots defense absolutely demolished Herbert his rookie year last year, but I could be wrong. Um, The bye week absolutely matters. The Chargers are coming off of one. They've had more time to game plan here. I would be curious, though, what a Belichick brain move last week, knowing they were going to play the very, very bad Jets, if they intentionally threw out some looks on offense to make the Chargers, like, overthink and plan incorrectly for this game. Yeah, I mean, the Pats ran the world's most vanilla offense on Sunday because the Jets are horrible. Uh, so I, I see where you're going with that. I don't know if that was strategy uh, because the Chargers were behind that game or that you know there was no point in doing anything else because it was like a high school game where one team had a bunch of Division One recruits uh, and another team had uh, nobody being recruited by anybody and just kind of lobbed the ball around. And just, just, <laughs> that's really what it looked like. Honestly, I watched every play of this game, and, and, and the Jets were just flat non-competitive against vanilla football. I mean, it was – Mac Jones threw for 300 yards literally throwing screen passes – the whole game, it was it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, can can the Pats D keep this Chargers team in check? I, I I would not expect the Pats to have some crazy offensive output like they did this past Sunday. Can this defense, can this Belichick defense, control this kid Herbert? Um, the a rivalry game here, not a very high spread considering uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks are four and a half point favorites at the New Orleans Saints. I know. Um... 
I'm going to try to talk myself out of betting on the Bucks, but I just don't know if I can do it. They just keep killing teams. Yeah, it, it's a rat line. We watched the, the Saints are going to come off a short week here, having played last night as well. They did not look great, albeit the weather well, you know, so. inhibited the offense, but didn't look great. Why? why yeah, I'm, I'm the same. This is a rat line. I don't know why the Saints uh, won't get their doors blown off by Tom Brady. Kamara's going to have to have an absolute monster game to keep keep the Saints in this. Um, the Kettleballers, the CrossFitters of the nation's capital, Washington. Of Maryland. Of the Maryland. Yeah, the Maryland <laughs> team. They actually play in Maryland. Who, who, well, I mean, the Jets and Giants play in New Jersey. So we'll give, we'll give it to Washington Metro. The Washington Metro Kettleballers. Uh, two net point dogs at the Denver Broncos. Yeah, can um, Washington's defense finally stop somebody? I think this is going to be their best chance against just a stagnant offense in Denver. Yeah, so I, I think Denver might be getting a weapon back here. It's possible Jerry Judy returns off IR. We'll see how he looks. That could be just the spark that offense needs. Now that the Broncos have lost as much as they've won as we kind of thought they would, will they now bounce back and now start playing a little bit well again? Uh, Sunday night game. The very explosive Dallas Cowboys, uh, two and a half point favorites at the Minnesota Vikings. Is this Dak Prescott's MVP moment um, carried over from that win against the Patriots? Can he keep that momentum up? Uh, Cowboys are going to score. Will the Vikings keep up? Yeah. Um, the, Cow- the Cowboys look pretty damn good right now. They're going to keep rolling. Monday Night Football, kind of a strange game. Uh, the, the New York Giants that have 8,000 injuries uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs are 9.5-point favorites at home, which you would think this matchup, they'd be like 20-point favorites at home. But the Chiefs, what is going on with this team? Yeah, is I mean, we knew the Chiefs' defense was terrible, and now it's the offense that's bad. Will either click? I think it's more likely that the offense will, but who knows? Um, Giants won last week. I don't think that makes them good. Don't overreact. The Chiefs are a better team, despite not being maybe the Super Bowl favorites that we thought they might have been. The Chiefs are going to win this game, but 10 is still a pretty respectable point spread to cover, so I don't know about that spread. When, when we were off air, were you, when you said you don't like this week, were you talking about NFL or NCAA? Uh... All of it, honestly. I, I hate the board this week. I got to be, be honest, honest with you. And it, it, it scares me. I love the board this week. As we were talking, I literally circled nine NFL games that I like, which is insane. I never usually like more than three, maybe four. I like nine games this week, which either I've got just way too much confidence in my own self or something's going on. You hate the board. I ridiculously love the board. Shoot, I, I just picked. Well, it, granted, it's system based. I picked five. Uh, I picked five games in Division One A college football. Granted, it's system based. I got the FCS games yet to come, mm-hmm. and three that I'm looking at. <laughs> now I like nine games in the NFL. Well, we went through everything. Let's go ahead and get those suckers I'm, I'm started. Gonna, I'm going to run down all nine and and give them quick so we can keep it moving. Then you guys. Do, can, you, do you want on the record for nine? You I'm going on the record for nine. I like all them right. all. Got to be honest. All so right. Give them to I, me. I'm going to zip them. I got the Cardinals minus five and a half at home. I think that the Adams factor is real. Uh, I don't think I, – I think Doublecheck needs him. Hate it. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I like the Lions to get their first win. They're three and a half point dogs at home. I definitely like them to cover. I think they're going to win this game. I might go money line on this. Hate it. they win. Uh, I've got the Bengals kicking the Jets' ass. They're nine and a half point favorites. Not really that the Jets are just completely fucked right now. Love it. Um, the Buffalo Bills, 13 and a half point home favorites. They're going to win this by 30. Um, feel fine about it. The Rams are 14.5-point road favorites. Houston has no home field advantage, so who cares about the game being on the road? The Texans scored five points last week. The Rams are going to cover 14.5. The, Don't mind it. The Bucks 4.5-point favorites at the Saints. Um, until the Saints get Michael Thomas back, which will not be this week, uh, they're, they're just offensively limited. Their defense is great, but the Bucks win this game by a touchdown or 10. Uh, flip the Broncos at home, two and a half. I think it's time they now win a game. Uh, two and a half is not enough. I, I don't like Washington at all right now. I think I've got a three. Do you want three? What's that? I've got two and a half, so all I'm right. taking two and a half. That's what Good man. Right. Honest man. I mean, that's, that was the board. Bron- no, I'm saying Broncos minus two and a half, so I, that helps me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I love the Cowboys. That's what I have. What do you have? You have Washington favored? No, no. No, you're right. Okay. Um... Cowboys also minus two and a half 
at the Vikings. This should be actually a really exciting game because the Vikings can score, but right now the Cowboys are on a roll. Um, when we kind of tier the teams to three, you got Elite, you got the Mean, and then you got the Shit, like the Jets and the Jags and the Lions. I think the Cowboys are in that Elite status because uh, they're actually playing defense now. That kid has seven interceptions already. Uh, he's got one in every game. That's incredible. I've never seen that before. That's some Rod Woodson shit from way, 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 way back in the day. Uh, I like the Cowboys minus two and a half. And on Monday night, the Giants are bad. The Chiefs are going to cover nine and a half. The Chiefs are going to cover ten. I think they wake up. Kelsey and Hill go off. They score a whole lot of points. I think we're looking at 41-10 type game. So that was a lot of picks, guys. I, I just, I don't know. I just have a lot of confidence in these. So you guys have that. All right, Shmiro, give me your, give me your whole rundown. Dolphins plus 13 and a half. I think it's a few too many points for Tua, who's playing great. Um, I will take the Browns minus three and a half. Love Stefanski. Um, Chubb is back. So is Conklin on the offensive line. They were at practice yesterday. I will take the Bucks minus five and a half. New Orleans sucks. And the Cowboys minus two and a half. I hate to say it, but the Cowboys are for real. Yeah, they're good. All right. I've got good news for you guys, and I've got bad news. Oh, no. Are we doing all three? And I have, we do have two games that we both, that oh, all three of us love. It's the, Bucks, it's the Bucks and the Cowboys. Not good. Um, both of those lines, we talked about it in our rundown, kind of seemed like trap lines. Why are they that close? We all love them. Vegas has to know something we don't. But... I'm, I'm still going on record. I think the Bucks are way better than the Saints. I think the Cowboys are better than the Vikings, so I'm taking Bucks. I have four and a half. You said five and a half. Doesn't fucking matter to me. Uh, they're going to win by a touchdown. Cowboys minus two and a half. Doesn't matter to me. They're going to win by a touchdown. Um, Chris, I'm riding with you on Bengals-Jets. The Jets are just dog shit. I might take the Texans minus nine over the Jets right now. They are fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, Bengals minus nine. I think the Bengals are really good. Um, yeah. I'm surprised that line is more. I, I, I thought it would be like 13-14, to be honest. I'm going to – I am going to take Steelers plus three and a half. I was thinking about crossing it off because sometimes I don't like going on online with my team. If anything, I sometimes emotionally hedge against them. But I really do think the Steelers are a, a well-coached team. Them coming off of a bye week, watching how the Browns played with their injuries will, will help them understand how that defense can shut them down. I don't know what the over-under is here, but I love the under. Um, so I'm taking Steelers three and a half. The hook especially helps me a lot there. Um, Panthers-Falcons is my last pick. I like the Panthers to bounce back. I know Darnold's look bad. I think the Falcons are bad. Um, I think more so than I believe that Sam Darnold is the truth uh, and that he's actually good. I think the Panthers' defense is actually good, and I think they can hold the Falcons. So I'm taking Panthers as dogs plus two and a half. All right. I think that's we, it. We banged them all out. There's a lot of picks, guys. Woo! A lot more than usual. Um, a lot going on this weekend. Not, not you know, we, we're obviously going to miss the Red Sox mania that have been the last three weeks. It's been, it's been spectacular. Uh, Friday night at Dirty Water is going to be our Halloween disco party. So bring your disco <laughs> gear. It's going to be disco all night. Uh, all the bartenders will be dressed in disco. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're expecting a lot of people. We do the open bar from 6 to 10. $20 open bar from 6 to 10 every Friday. We'll do it again this Friday. And then we all have our reverse happy hour specials. Find all that online on the Instagram Live. On the Instagram, I post everything. Instagram Live. Instagram Story, pardon me. I post all that stuff. Uh, and then Saturday is, pardon me, let me back up a second. Thursday Night Football, we're going to do a $25 open bar from 8 to 12. Uh, Pack Cardinals, this is like the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, let's see if Rodgers can win without Adams. I'm not, I picked against him, but certainly it's within his capabilities. Uh, Cardinals are undefeated. They look great right now. So we'll do a $20, $25 open bar from 8 to 12 on Thursday. We've got the open bar Friday. And then, of course, Saturday, the dogs, the number one dogs. We love the dogs. This is the UGA bar uh, for D.C. Uh, all the alumni piling here. This is always the most fun game of the year. We always have the most fun with this. Georgia-Florida is a rivalry. Um, it is rare that it is this one-sided. Let's hope it's not a trap game. Dogs will look great all year long. they got their starting quarterback. They don't really have a lot of injuries. Their defense is looking dominant as ever. We love to see it. Um, we will open the doors here at 11 a.m. We will start serving drinks at noon. We open an hour early just to get the betting in, which is what we do on Sundays as well. Sunday NFL, we open the doors at 11 a.m. We will start serving drinks at noon. Uh, the Pats do not play till 4 o'clock. The Bucks also play at 4 uh, so we'll have those on at the same time. Usually we have a little stagger with the Pats and Brady. This week they'll be simultaneous, and that's fine. 
We'll have it rolling. We show every game. There's eight one o'clock games. Um, start hitting me up. If you want your game to have sound, uh, oftentimes Billy rolls in with the boys and the Steelers get the sound when the Pats aren't on. The Steelers play one o'clock, so probably get a different chance. If, I if, see you, you, guys. if you want sound, bring people. Yeah, if you want sound, bring people and reach out to us because um, I don't really know which game to put the sound out at one o'clock. I'm looking at it now. Um, I, I'm, I'm probably going to do Steelers-Browns if nobody stops me. Uh, because I feel like that's probably the best one o'clock game. I will I will tease a little bit. There's a decent chance that I'm a little too hungover from Halloween night to, <laughs> to show up for a 1 p.m. game. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what I can do. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Schmino, any last thoughts? Scoresandodds.com. I'm an company man here. Oh, um, shit. Here we go. Where Scoresandodds.com. Scoresandodds.com. That's where Schmidt's at. Uh, I will. Congrats to everyone who listened all the way to the end. I'm about to put in a bet on the Gambit Machines, a secret bet, which may include some of the lines I picked, may not. If you want to know what it is, come see me at Dirty Water this weekend. Oh, on that note, that was episode 13 of season two of the Dirty Water Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Take see care. See ya.